Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one or more of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the big banner in the sidebar at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated. Helps us help more business creators just like you. Be sure to subscribe. Fresh content every week. Now, for today's topic, this is something that I've wanted to cover for a very long time. And what I've wanted to cover is the power of voice and how you can use your voice to optimize your message. In so many cases, it is the quality, the tonality, and the sound of your voice that can be as persuasive, if not more persuasive, than the words you speak or the words you write or what's going on in terms of the sound coming out of that audio file or that video file. And to do that today, to share this information today, I am very lucky to have with us Tracy Goodwin, known as a voice expert um, of storytelling to Captivate. So let me just tell you a little bit about Tracy here. Tracy is the owner of Captivate the Room. She started speaking and winning awards at the age of 12. She later went on to become a professional actor for many years after receiving a BFA in directing. In addition to her BFA, Tracy holds an MA in child drama and an MA in corporate communications. Tracy is a true expert in voice technique, presentation, and storytelling skills, and has been for over 20 years. People all over the world seek Tracy out for her expertise, but she really loves building massive confidence in people, helping them get grounded in finding their chord message, giving them the courage to share it, and of course, the technique necessary to speak it beautifully. Her voice training is game-changing for actors, speakers, podcasters of all ages. And since many of our listeners are public speakers and podcasters, this is a very important topic for you. Tracy's core teaching concept is all about building confidence, learning to be vulnerable through voice technique, and of course, captivating the room every time, no matter the venue, the audience size, or the message. And this opportunity in itself must be so captivating that my cat just woke up, ran all the way across the room, jumped up on my desk, and is now rubbing up against the how, the, the hand I have up against my mouth. So, Tracy Goodwin, <laughs> welcome aboard. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Adam. I was counting on my cat to stay asleep for just one more hour so I wouldn't have to hear her jingle bells, but no such thing. <laughs> so, Sandra will <laughs> well, be joining us today. That's the power of the voice right there. Absolutely. Boom. Yes. I'm, I'm good Good to know I could influence my cat. Now, before we dive in, I know I read off your official bio there, and it's, and it's so awesome that I hope that I can keep up with you, even though it's my call. And But what I want to do here is I want to take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little. So just tell us a little bit about your story and what got you to where you are today. Well, you know, it's really, it's such irony to me that I do what I do because, and this is, this, you know, for anybody who really feels like they're aligning with their purpose or they want to align with their purpose, they're going to love this story. 
I was raised, you know, and this is this is not I don't tell this story in any negative way at all because I love my parents very much, but you know, I was raised in a generation where we just didn't speak, you know. And so now I help people get their voices out and I absolutely love that. I love that part of my purpose because if that had never happened, I would never be able to help the people that I help. But, you know, my journey started, I was a great speaker as a, as a you know, 12 years old teenager on into my teen years. And then something happened and I kind of got this horrible voice and I wanted to be an actor. And one of my professors pulled me aside and said, we've got to fix your voice. And so I went into intensive voice training, absolutely not only changed my voice, but changed my life. And then over the years, I just kept getting these opportunities to learn more about the voice. People kept seeking me out for voice training. People started seeking me out for accent reduction. And so I think really all the way back to age 12, pieces were kind of falling into place for what, I, for what my true purpose was, for what I was really here to do, and that's help people step into, see, and step into what, you know, what their voice can do. It's the most powerful piece we have. So it's really been a journey. If you knew how old I was going to turn this month, you would be you know, really dumbfounded at how long the journey's been. But it's really been cool, and it's, it's you know, had shifts and twists and turns from acting to directing all over the world, but voice was still the core of the whole thing. So it's, I, I'm really, I feel really blessed to get to do what I do. I really do. Yeah, now normally, Tracy, and I was taught this from the time I was a small child, when a woman says, if you would believe how long I've been around or how long I've been doing this, I'm supposed to say, what, eight years? Because that means you're 29. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Well, well I, yeah, 29 times uh, X. <laughs> I, my, my, my mother was 29 for 47 years, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my mother uh, became younger than me many, many, many years ago, so I know what you're talking about. Uh, now, before we get into this stuff, um, there's a question we ask everybody who comes on the Business Creators Radio Show, and our listeners can hear the drum roll in the background because they know what's happening next. And here's where I go. Here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that any of our guest experts say that they need to do, except for time and money. Now, as I said, this is a question we ask everybody who comes on Business Creators Radio Show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Tracy, tell me, how do time and money impact what we need to do in terms of optimizing our voice? Okay, I have to wrap my mind around this question. Time, okay, will you ask it for me one more time? All right, how do time and money impact this, either positively or negatively? With relation to the voice? In, in relation to what we need to do to optimize our voices, yes. Well, time and money are everything to everybody who's buying and everybody who's selling. And so you, your voice is a tool that you can maximize the amount of time that people give you, and it can also generate income for you because of what you are able to do with your voice, if you know how to use it, you can sell more. Yes. That, 
is one of the most concise answers I've ever gotten to that question. Oh, is that good or bad? <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. As, as I said, not only the variety of different responses, but the variety of different ways the question is interpreted. Would you believe that somebody once took 20 minutes to answer that question? I finally, I finally had to gently nudge them along because we had an actual interview to do. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so much of it is interpretation, you know. I mean, I bet you have had every kind of answer imaginable. That's really cool. Yes, yes. Now, before we get into what we're going to cover here today, I want to share something a little bit personally. As I mentioned, uh, this is a topic I've wanted to do for such a long time, and I've been looking for somebody who could come on to the Business Creators Radio Show and do this. So it was so fortuitous to us when you contacted, asking if you could join us, and I, I almost jumped out of my chair. I was so excited <laughs> about this. Uh, what many people don't know about me is, I can't remember the name of it, but when I was a toddler, I came down with some illness. I don't know the name of it. Uh, but one of the impacts of it was is that I was deaf for a while. And it didn't occur to people that I was having that problem until I was well over two years old and hadn't said any words yet. Mm-hmm. So they did some kind of surgery and put tubes in the ears and managed to almost restore the hearing. I still have some challenges when it comes to the right ear. Uh, I sometimes have a hard time hearing out of the right ear. And for several years, uh, through my maturation process, uh, I tended to talk like that because uh, there was some delay in the development of the muscles around speaking. I can't remember the technical term for that, but there is actually a medical term around what happens when you don't start speaking at the proper time and it causes delay in the development of that part of your face. Now, combine that issue with my hearing issue, which is something I'm going to have for life, and my voice does tend to be kind of loud. Uh, That doesn't serve me well in cubicle office type environments, but then again, we already know that I'm unemployable, so I really just don't care. But what I recognized is that what some people uh, in those types of mindsets think as being a liability or a limitation, I have learned to view as an asset and a gift Because my ability to project my voice and my ability to think carefully when I enunciate has made me very powerful as the host of the Business Creators Radio Show and as somebody who presents and speaks on webinars. Even when I lose my train or even when I start letting the train run wild and I start speaking really fast, I can still maintain people's attention and still get my point across because I have that power to project and manage my voice. And that's something that I continue to, to own and manage over time. In fact, when I go to my local cigar shop here, there's one gentleman who's a regular there, as am I, and he says, look, it's the announcer, because he commented that I have a voice for radio, and that I really sound like somebody who's a professional radio announcer, and I said that's good because I also have a face for radio, so it's a set. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love that story. What a Cinderella story. And there's just so much in there that I could comment on. But, you know, obviously, yes, you, you know, just like I overcame, you know, I, I grew up not really being able to say anything different, but the same. That was an obstacle for someone who want, you know, ultimately wants to make their living using their voice. But you definitely overcame it. And that story right there in a nutshell puts the whole power of the voice in perspective. You you, You just nailed it. 
yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about this because my voice and my brain are what have made me successful. The rest of it, eh, whatever. But uh, those are the two things that have worked very well for me. And originally, both of those things were presented to me as liabilities. I said, mm-hmm. liability? To heck with that. Okay, so right. if I, I mean, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have an issue with my with my auditory, that's going to cause me to have to speak louder just so I can hear myself. Well, damn it, I'm going to use it. Well, and what it what it's done, it, you know, you do have a very powerful voice. You do have a captivating voice, but by the, that overcompensation in and of itself created an incredible resonance in you. And it's that resonance that you find in radio announcer voices so many times. You know, they've got that that vibration that's so solid and and it is a pleasure to listen to. It's captivating. So, you know, I would definitely say you've turned that into an asset. No no question about it. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's flip this around. And what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making with their voices? Well, the two biggest, one is not breathing. And I could go on a whole tangent about that, and we can if you like. But the second one, I think people are going to really relate to. They don't use variety. They flatline. And I see it in everything from actors to podcasters a lot of times to, not all the time, but, you know, sometimes actors, sometimes podcasters, business people. They get a script in their hand or they've got memorized text and they flatline. Everything becomes about the words. So there's no unpredictability. There's no vocal variety. There's no pitch changes. There's no volume changes. There's no speed changes. There's no setting up the valuable information with pauses. There's no stresses. You have to tell me what I need to know. And you use variety to make that clear to me. If every single thing, you know, sounds exactly the same all the time, well, I already know it's predictable. Why would I listen to that? I know what it's going to be. So that's one of the key mistakes, and primarily that happens if people have a script in their hand because they get really bogged down in the words, and they want to get the words right, and so it sounds like they are reading a script because they are. Thank you for pointing it out. Thank you for pointing it out. I apologize. Go right ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I think that is really, you know, across the board, like you mentioned, you do webinars, and I try to watch a lot of webinars, and far too often, you know, and of course, me watching something or listening something is probably like Scorsese watching a film, you know, I would guess. Right. You know, I just, uh, there's certain things I want to hear, and when people come out and they're flatlining and they're saying things like, welcome to the show today, I I can't. I cannot engage with that because I cannot engage with the wall of words. It's the person that I'm going to engage with. But the person has to be real. In real life, we use all those variables. But put a script in our hand, put a podcast script in our hand, and, and of course you did great, but a lot of people don't. And boom, this wall comes up. I can't connect to a wall. You know, and it's so yes. predictable. I already know what's going to happen. Why do I need to listen? Turn it off. I can't, I can't listen to it. And people do that in their businesses, and they don't even realize. You know, and that's, that's where the voice, that voice power, like you were talking about, really comes into play. It's interesting you should say that because the most challenging part 
of hosting Business Creators Radio Show episodes is reading the expert's bio. I always mess up a word or lose the train, and I really have to focus very carefully on making sure I pronounce, I pronounce all the words and speak the sentences completely like they're supposed to be. And if I'm reading it, and it turns out that there's a typo in it, like what was supposed to be a sentence was actually a sentence fragment, and I can't bring the tonality to a close, that I have to backtrack, and it really comes through on a recording. Really? Yeah. You think it? You think it sounds like you're um, uh, over-articulating or, or reading it? Does it sound artificial to you? It doesn't sound artificial, I don't think. All I'm saying is I have to put a lot of conscious effort into making uh, it sound I natural. I see. I see. Yes, absolutely. But like when you read my, I'm not sure. I'm thinking you read my bio today. You did you great. Did. I did. Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah. So you had that natural conversational flow, like you were just talking about me. And, I mean, obviously you've got experience doing this, but everybody can do that. They just have to know how. And it makes, you know, it's just a game changer. I'll work with people who are just starting out in the podcast business. And, you know, that's the first thing we work on. You are reading about Dr. Chin like this. Don't read about her like this, you know. So, yeah, it is. I, I hear what you say. It's, it's, it's tricky to learn how to do that, especially, like you say, when there's typos. But, I mean, obviously, you do great. You know, anybody, you know, anybody can learn how to use their voice. You're living proof of that. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and if, we, if we think about that, that's one of the most commonly parodies, parodied aspects of Elvis Presley's personality. And he said, well, thank you. Thank you very much. But he mm-hmm. said it that way for a reason. First of all, it's his trademark. I mean, whenever we think of Elvis, or even when we think of Elvis impersonators, we think of, well, thank you, thank you very much. But Mm -hmm. second, think about how he projects his voice to really make that stand out from all the other aspects of his voice that people people probably heard all night listening to his record or listening to his concert. Right. Well, just, just the first thing you said alone, it was memorable. How long ago did that man die? Oh, and we're still talking we're about at, it? We're looking at about, what, 38 years now? He passed away in August of 1977, so almost 38 years. And we're talking about it. Yes. So, you know, that's the power of the voice. And, I mean, granted, he was Elvis Presley. But what did we talk, did you bring up Heartbreak Hotel? No. You brought up that very phrase. Yes. It was powerfully delivered. You know, the words themselves are almost comical if you think about it. Yes. But the delivery, everybody remembers. And I think that, I think there are people throughout our history that have done that. You know, we could probably get into all kinds of phrases and things that people have said that we remember from the 60s and 70s and 50s and, you know, wherever. And what, what a powerful voice, you know. World leaders, and not even positive ones, had the power of the voice. Right. You know, right. So that in itself could be several episodes of the Business Creators Radio Show. If we wanted to begin analyzing uh, the speech-making capabilities of world leaders on whatever side of the spectrum we want to talk about, right? And that, and that's also worth mentioning very briefly, without getting into it in much detail, is the power of a charismatic leader's voice to make people feel that he is speaking directly to them or she is speaking directly to them. 
And what they're speaking is either pure gibberish or pure evil, but people still feel it resonates with them. Just shows how powerful this stuff can truly be. Isn't it incredible? Yes. I mean, it's truly incredible. I mean, look at, look at some of the damage that's been done in our lifetime for the name of, you know, in the, for the sake of evil. Yet yes. a powerful and incredible, captivating and persuasive voice delivered it. Yes. You know. So, yeah, you know, and I think that the, the voice, it, it is such a powerful piece. I also feel like it's, for many people, the most neglected piece. They don't realize the power of it. You know, but but obviously people like world leaders and and other people as well do realize that, you know. Right. Now, earlier you mentioned that there's a whole aspect to voice and the big the the mistakes people make with voice that has to do with breathing. And I, I know for myself that that is something that would take a lot of time to explain. But if you could just briefly touch upon it so that our listeners know where to go and where to start when considering that. Sure, and I'm going to try to, breathing is one of my huge, huge topics that I teach, and I'll try to, try to nutshell it. If I start, you know, going off on a, on a tangent, feel free to reel me back in. But you, you spoke it beautifully when you were talking about the muscles of your face. Everything we do is in our muscle memory. Every, you know, our thoughts drive what our body does, and so... Breathing is really interesting. There's two major components to it. When we lay down, we can't breathe wrong. We literally can't breathe wrong. And so we take in these relaxing breaths that have so much power, and that's the kind of power you need to truly operate your voice. When we stand up, when we get vertical, life happens, and our body locks down. So we don't typically breathe. We breathe because we would die if we didn't. But we don't take the kind of breath in that we do when we're laying down. Try it at home tonight. It'll blow you away. How you feel when you lay down on your bed or on the floor or the couch or wherever, the way it feels to breathe versus when you stand up. So it, first of all, it's we're we're accustomed to cutting off that air. We don't even take in enough air to power our voice. So, you know, the first shift has to happen. We have to catch ourselves not breathing is what I say, because if you do, if you start paying attention to sitting in traffic or in a business meeting or on the subway, you're going to start seeing that you're in a way holding your breath. You don't have enough power if you're doing that. And a perfect example of that is if and, and you see actors do it, you hear speakers do it, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, and, and, and they run out of air. Yes. You know? Well, that's not impressive. You know, that didn't captivate us. Well, they didn't have enough air to begin with because they were working off of a court. You know, I, I, to me, breathing is to the voice as gas is to the car. How far can you get on a quarter of a tank versus how far can you get on a full tank? There's a big difference. So capacity is a big part of it, and, we, and, and knowing to just stop and breathe and take in the amount of air we need is massive. But then the trick comes, and people don't realize this. So we take in air, we tend to cut it off and not let it out with the words. 
So maybe I've taken in air, but I'm still going to let my voice out and I'm going to hold my air in because if I let my air out with my words, I might become vulnerable. Right. And I don't, I don't want to do that because we've, you know, we train ourselves through, through the dings of life is what I call them to be guarded and be protected. And there is nothing more vulnerable than the voice. It's the space of judgment. You know, yes. I mean, you, you can, every time anything comes out of my mouth, I run the risk of what do you think? Do you think I'm, do you think I'm not very smart? Do you think I know what I'm talking about? Do you like the sound of my voice? Are you judging me? So what we do subconsciously is we hold our air in and don't even connect it to the sound because we, we just, it, it, that's just dangerous. And so without that connection to the breath, you end up with that, you know, that strained in the back of the, the, the throat sound, or maybe you're yeah. real quiet. You know, maybe you can't even get your voice out. You have no breath power. You have no fuel. True. So, you know, it's really a two-part deal in my world. And, of course, you know, this is my whole world. But the, the shifts that can happen on so many levels when people start breathing is staggering. You know, just from the relaxation standpoint alone, relaxing, you take in great air, your throat relaxes, your voice comes out, you autom- you know, it drops in, you sound better. But then you really learn how to use that air and you can do anything you want with your voice. So that's, that's kind of breathing in a nutshell. It's, it's it, you know, for the, for the most obvious thing we do, it may be the hardest thing I teach on some levels because people fight it, but it's absolutely a game changer if you can learn to breathe from a muscular level, from a relaxation level, from a connecting level, from a vulnerability level, to a power level of what you can do with your voice. You know, so that's, my, that's my breathing. This, this makes me think of something here. I know that I'm capable of making my voice deeper if I want to. Mm-hmm. If I focus on it, I can bring it down to about this level. Uh, mm-hmm. The challenge is that many times when I try and do this, I, because it's a conscious effort, I stop doing it very quickly the moment my mind takes over and starts leading me in another direction. Mm-hmm. And there have been way too many cases where I've attempted this and I've started giggling. <laughs> really? Yes, because it tickles. Isn't, isn't that funny? Well, you know, it goes back to the muscles again. And, you know, what I teach people just like you learned when, when you, like you were talking about the muscles of your face, they weren't set right. You know, really, in my opinion, voice technique is literally that. It's technique. It's something that, you know, with my clients, I teach them, they learn it, they apply it, but then they have to practice it to get it set in their muscles like you did when you, you know, when you were younger. You, you got it set. And that was the new you. You laid in a new layer on top of what was already there. So that's great, though, that you can recognize that shift. Many people can't even do that. Many people can't even recognize that their throat is all locked up and they're maybe not even speaking in their true voice. I work with a lot of people that are not speaking in their real voice or true voice, however you want to call it. Right. Right. That in itself is very interesting to me in terms of how people just 
don't recognize the power of their own voice and what we can do to bring that around. Now, you talk about the true voice, and what does that mean? Well, the best way to explain it is is through an example. And, and no offense to anyone, but this is where I see it the most. Have you ever been around women that they, they talk in a higher pitch? Yes. And they call it, they refer to that as little girl voice. Now, it can happen. I mean, there's all different kinds of stories. I like that story, not to offend anyone, but because because people relate to that. Even the women that I've worked with that speak in that voice, that's why they come to me. Well, society established something in their mind. Their mind told them, told their muscles what to do, and they kind of created this alternate voice. You know, another example, a guy I worked with named Bill in New York, huge guy, NFL football player size. The day that I met him, he said, hi, I'm Bill, tiny voice. And I, and I asked Bill, I said, hey, Bill, do you have siblings? And he said, yeah, I've got six older sisters. See, environmentally, Bill created an alternate voice. So the true voice is the voice that, well, again, lay down and read text out loud, and it will blow your mind because your throat will open up your voice will drop into place. Generally, it's a lot lower. Now, not always for men, because men speak in a lower register anyway, but it feels comfortable. It's not strained. You ask people, you say, does your voice feel strained when you're, when you're talking? And they say, God, yes, it feels so strained. It's stuck up in the back of their throat. They're holding on to this alternative voice that they've, subconsciously created over the years because of society, because of environmental factors. I mean, it could be a billion reasons, but that's not their true voice because it's not comfortable. It's not solid. It's not free. And, you know, it's the difference in, like, your voice is very solid sounding. My voice is very solid sounding. But somebody that's not speaking in their true voice, you hear how it's kind of airy? kind of holy? Yes. We call it holy. Well, it's like there's holes of air blowing through it. It's not in the right place. It's a strained voice, and the voice shouldn't be strained at all. It should feel comfortable and free and solid. So that's the difference in real voice and, and not real voice, and you would be well, you might. You might not be blown away with how many people I work with that have created an alternate voice that, that don't speak in their real voice. It's, it's really kind of amazing. Right. Now, what would you say is a very important tip for people who do video, speaking, or podcasting as far as their voice is concerned? We do a lot of topics here at Business Creators Radio Show on podcasting, on how to market online, filming videos for the internet, and speaking from the stage. So what do we need to be aware of? Well, part of it links back into variety. and But a certain piece of variety is exceptionally important, and that is in the area of speed or pace if you want to if you want to say it and sometimes people confuse variety which is highs and lows and fast and slow and all of that with pace 
But what I see a lot is people will either, usually this is what happens. They speak really fast. They go really fast, and, and then, so they, they go too fast, and, well, audibly, we can't connect that fast to the sound of the voice. So if you're off and you're speaking really fast and you've already started diving into your topic and I'm just getting used to your voice, you're already too far gone for me to catch up. The brain tells us every 90 seconds to check out. If I'm already having to work hard to listen to you, you think I'm going to stay with you with my brain telling me to check out? No. So going, yeah, exactly. So your audience generally will not work hard, too hard to listen to you. So if they don't know you, or maybe even if they do, and you get up there and you start going too fast and you're, you're, you're going along, going along, you're done. But what happens, somebody along the way says, you know, and it could be a wife, it could be a neighbor, it could be, it could even be a, you know, I, I worked with a woman one time and her boyfriend was a speech coach. And, um, but, there were, you know, the personal connection wasn't, it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't good to have your boyfriend be a speech coach. Because what happens then is somebody will say, oh, you're going way too fast. You've got to slow down. And then we get what I call block speak because Joe said to slow down. So the pendulum swings the other way. So I think that speed is really important I teach on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is, you know, you're practically dead. 10 is you're like an auctioneer. You need to hit that pace at a core 5. You know, it's got to be just right. It's got to be not too fast, not too slow, just, you know, right in the middle. And then from that, you can add in variables of fast. You can add in variables of slow. So I think that pace is really important especially if we can't see your face, like on a podcast. Right. Now, the next biggest mistake that I see, and this is kind of can link back to something you and I were talking about earlier, people don't start strong. They, they get out, you know, and, and welcome. Hey, everybody, uh, welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You know, the tentative. Yes. Come on, strong. Hey, welcome. You know, like you did. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. This is what we've got. This is what we do. Boom. You know, and people are, I don't know what they're afraid of. I don't know whether they're afraid of their script. I don't know whether they're, you know, it's just that general public speaking anxiety. They don't like their voice. Or maybe they simply don't know. But I see that far too often in webinars. People not stepping into the power, that commanding, captivating power from the start. They might ease into it later down the line when they get more comfortable or know the material a little better or get in a groove. Hey, it's too late. 90 seconds. You know, we've maybe already checked out. You don't want to lose your audience. you got to keep them from the start to make sure they're there at the finish especially if you're going to sell something at the finish, you know. So those, those are definitely trigger points for me when it comes to, you know, and of course we've already talked about, you know, reading the script and sounding artificial and, and adding in that variety, you know. 
Uh, don't be the, the, you know, I always refer, and I love college professors, and I certainly don't mean to insult any of them, but, you know, there was always that one that had the, the horrible <laughs> reputation on campus, you yes. know, of, that every, oh, oh, he's great, but, I mean, you're going to fall asleep. Was, right. was, was, he, was he not a genius? No, he absolutely was maybe the smartest professor on the campus. But the vocal predictability was solid. We knew exactly. There were no shifts. There were no twists and turns. And in life, all day long, we play the orchestra of our voice. So why, when you get in front of the video camera, do you stop? You see, we're going to connect with real life even if you're in front of a video camera, you still have to be real. So you still have to use a real, unpredictable, and interesting voice. When I, when I am a guest on webinars, or when I host webinars specifically, uh, now a lot of folks, when they begin webinars, they say, um, well, you know, it's really great to be here today and you know, I'm really looking forward and you know, here's some things we're going to go over and stuff like that. And it comes off kind of wishy-washy like, you know, the housekeeping is, the housekeeping is turn your microphone off, get a drink and sit down. Beyond yeah. that, I don't really need 25 minutes of housekeeping. So when I start something, I don't start with all that. I start with before I share this life-changing information with you, I just want to say that I don't know just exactly what you'll find most exciting as you imagine how you'll be putting this to use. What's important is that as you continue to notice that growing excitement, that you feel free to ask the questions that let you know a fantastic decision is going to be made. So you promise me you'll ask those questions. See, and I love that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it, you know, it really it just drives me crazy. I, I you know, marketing is my albatross, and I, I was watching, I wanted to watch this webinar the other day about uh, Instagram, and the girl got on and she showed, you know, her dog and talked about the picture in the back on the refrigerator, and yeah, you know, and then we're, you know, so happy, and I was just like, time money <laughs> yes to, you know yes i don't have time I, i'm glad that you got to go on that maldives vacation i hope i get to do one one day but that's not why i'm here right you know and i think we have to be careful because she was very young and this is no criticism of young people i know a lot of young people are phenomenal i know a lot of old people who aren't as phenomenal but you've got to remember you're going to have a cross-section of an audience you can't get all bogged down in, well, you know, I mean, out here, you know, this is how we do it. Yeah, well, you know what? That's not how we do it here. So get in there, bottom line it, use your voice, and, you know, teach me how to do this. Sell me this product. You know, change my life. You know, so you're spot on with that. It absolutely drives me nuts. Yeah. And, I, and I guess it probably does other people as well. I thought it was just me, but no. maybe it drives everybody nuts. No, not at all. Now, that phrase I read to you earlier is a word-for-word -word phrase. And basically what I'm doing with that phrase is programming the recipient's mind that they're either going to do what I tell them to do at the end of the webinar or at very least they're going to raise their hands. Uh, through measuring and analysis, I have found that I can easily double my sales conversions and the interaction between myself and my webinar audience, whether I'm hosting or guesting, just by asking that 
just by using that three-sentence paragraph and using the tonalities that I demonstrated when I read it to you. That's incredible. That's really, really impressive. I yeah, but write that down. Right, but if, <laughs> but if I read it as, before I share this life-changing information with you, I just want to say I don't know exactly what you'll find those exciting Spanish-language to use. I don't think so. No. Right. And, and this reminds me of one thing, too, and I don't mean this as a criticism because when I experienced this, the person was just starting out themselves. Uh, there was a, a woman uh, who was just starting an internet business, and she was hosting her very first teleseminar either, ever rather, you know, ever, either, ether, whatever. Sometimes my <laughs> mind runs away. There's probably something Freudian that we'll get back to that later. Anyway, so I, so I registered for a teleseminar, went to her landing page, entered my name and email address, and got my dial-in details. And on a day and time, I showed up, and I entered my dial-in details, and I started listening. And her opening was... And again, I think this is because it was her first time she was still learning. She was, it was very weak and it was very like um, tentative. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know I, you're, we're going to learn this today. And, um, and you know, as I was saying earlier, um, and then I got an email from her the next day that she sent out to her list because I was on her list. And she was announcing that she was about to inaugurate part two of that training. <laughs> Well, there. Well, the first part wasn't positioned as a part one, so yeah. she must have found her own reasons she needed to expand upon that and get people back on the phone. And one of the phrases that she used in that email was something to – I'm not remembering the exact words, so I'm going to paraphrase. She said, if you thought I came on strong the first time, I'm really going to bring it the second time. Oh, no. And, oh, I'm, no. and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, with love, does that mean you're going to bring it at all? Because you certainly didn't the first time. Yeah, and I and I yeah. and I recognize I didn't criticize because I knew this was her very first time and she was probably extremely nervous and jittery and she probably was reading from a script because she was afraid. When I first started hosting webinars and teleseminars, I used to read from scripts and even to this day, I'll have something printed out in front of me. Even interviewing you, I have notes and you probably hear me shuffling them around. It's just so I don't lose my place. I would have never known you had notes in front of you. I have very good noise canceling. Equipment here. I, I, I sometimes do these from my balcony and then there's a there's a garbage truck outside and people don't hear it. So oh whatever I'm spending my money on, it's very effective. Well, you know, that's a great story. And, and, and what it made me think of is, uh, and I see this in so many ways. She was clearly, it sounds to me like focusing on the words. And I'll see in, in, in Facebook groups, I'll see them start talking about how they're going to do videos, and they get bogged down for days in the technical. What about the lighting kit? What about not to minimize that? All that stuff is crucial. Sure. But not one person, or they'll talk about the script and the words and the setting and Nobody the microphone. The, voice. the microphone. Should I use a lavalier? Should I use a boom yeah. mic? Uh, should I record this from my iPhone? What's the difference between recording from an iPhone versus a Galaxy Note? Oh, yeah. uh, it can go on for days and days and days and oh, days yeah. and days. My answer to that is always find a camera that works and find a microphone that works. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, this thread, you know, just post after post after post, you know, you get pinged and pinged and pinged because somebody else is posting on their camera that they use and blah, blah, blah. Not one mention of how do I captivate with my voice, you see, because it's just, it's just, and I, and I don't mean this negative. I don't mean it negative at all. It's just not something people realize 
is such a powerful tool if you know how to use it. Yes. You know, um, my tech, my technical stuff, you know, again, I'm still trying to find my eight track player. I mean, <laughs> lighting kits, microphones, you're blowing my mind. It's, but it's okay. But I don't worry about it. I don't get bogged down in it. Would I like to learn more? Yes. Am I studying classes? Yes. Am I getting better? Yes. You know, can I think words and faces yet? No. But, you know, but, I, but it's not the everything. And I worry sometimes if that's not something we've kind of morphed into, kind of like the 90-second thing. Our brains used to not check out every 90 seconds. It used to be longer. But we get so bogged down in the appearance and the words, but what about the delivery? What about the connection? You know, it's about the relationship. Do you create a relationship with a lighting kit? No, no you I don't. I don't know. I mean, I Not don't really. think so. I, no. I don't. No. I you mean, know. Yeah, if you plan to do a lot of professional video, by all means, go get a green screen, go get the software, go get a good microphone, and get a good camera set up because you're going to get higher quality for sure. But if you lose out on the voice quality, listen, there are many studies out there that I've read and where the people have actually tested this, and they have found that if you have a video that has high visual quality but poor audio quality, it will engage up to three times less effectively than a video with awful visual but great sound quality. You know, I believe that. And I saw in a group the other day, a forum or something, somebody posted something similar to that. It wasn't the study, but it was the comment, I don't care what you're doing for your video, you better have a good audio. And it was, you know, they rattled off some, some similar statistic, and I was just like, yes, you know, yes. Because people will, and I think this is what you're saying, people won't love a, a poorly lit video or not the greatest lit video, but they won't listen to bad audio. They just won't. That's correct. I was in a situation once where I was uh, coming on to be interviewed for something or other. I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was a video interview, which means I was using the native webcam in my laptop, and I was using my Logitech headset, which was an identical model to the one I'm using right now, which has outstanding sound quality, as I'm sure our listeners can hear. Now, when the person came on, they asked me if I could take the headset off, and I said, no, I'm not going to take the headset off. And they went on about this thing about how, well, this isn't the visual impact we're looking for, and it's going to ruin everything if you have the headset. And I said, fine, I'll unplug the headset. Okay, so now you hear the quality of the sound coming through the native microphone in my laptop, which sounds like a very old speakerphone before they figured out duplex technology. Wow. So we can go ahead and record this way. It's going to be an awful testimonial. It's going to have absolutely no impact, and you will not get business. But you could get off this whole thing about the headset and allow me to do this as I do it best, and I guarantee you're going to get the results you're looking for. So what did you end up doing? Wearing the headset? Yeah, because I was going to hang up otherwise. Yeah. Well, you be knew. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I know I can I can do more with my voice than I can with my visual. It's something I've known for years. Yeah. Well, and the same holds true for me. And I think, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I'll eventually be able to do them both equally. But, you know, everybody's got a strength. 
but the but the point of you know the real point i think is everybody could have more of a strength if they would pay attention to their voice they're just not they're missing they're missing a lot more than i think they realize by not utilizing the power of the voice it's the mouthpiece okay yes. you've got a great script that's great but if you can't deliver it it's exactly the same as the story you just told me you could have been ready to go with an incredible testimony, but if it's a crummy microphone and, and it's not going to impact anybody, well, it's the exact same thing, you know. But yet people still continue to focus on this, that, or the other, and then they get up and deliver like this and wonder why they aren't getting more followers every day, Adam. <laughs> you know? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You mean I didn't impact you with my statement? I didn't follow every word. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I have a I have a, a friend and a client of mine. His name is Ross Jeffries. He's the founder of Persuasion Mastery Systems, and he's the founder of Speed Marketing, Speed Life, and Speed Seduction. He's also, to give credit where it's due, the person who created that phrase I used at the beginning of webinars that I've used to great effect. And what he teaches his students is actually very similar, is uh, whether it's the side of his business where he teaches men how to succeed with women or the side of his business where he teaches entrepreneurs and salespeople how to close the deal and have a greater impact in the room and over the telephone, uh, his typed words have very limited impact. If you want him to be effective for you, you, he needs to be able to use his voice because he's done 30 years of training with his voice. Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. working with people very similar to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, he's been a television personality for 30 years, so I've been able to go back on YouTube and find some of his very early television appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the fact that he's aged, I mean, his hair's turned gray and his face has more wrinkles on it, but otherwise, physio- physiologically, he's the same person. Mm-hmm. It's not the same voice. Yeah. This could be two different people speaking. It's that much different. So it shows wow. it with years of development, which you can do with your voice. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that I'm a case in point. I mean, I, I tell my students all the time, I still work on my voice, still work on, you know, making sure I'm breathing right. You know, I don't think about it on a regular basis, but I think there's always, there's always better ways to do anything. But I think what people sometimes might think, and I don't know, but I kind of get this a little bit from when I teach a workshop or something where people aren't completely invested in in what we're doing here, they'll think it's too hard or they'll think it will take forever. Well, you can absolutely cultivate an incredible voice over the years, but you can take a few small steps and have a better voice in a week, you know. Right. But but you've got to do it. You've got to start somewhere. It's not something you can think into place. It's something you have to practice, and, and that's with my students, you know. I had a little girl on, a little girl, she's 28, <laughs> um, come up on Sunday and say, well, you know, I just, I don't really know what I'm, I don't know if I'm really getting, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. I said, are you practicing? We've been here four weeks. How much have you practiced? Well, you know, I've been really busy. The next minute, a guy walked up that has been with me for two weeks, and he said, 
you know, last week I didn't buy a word you said. I said, I know. I went and I went and made a comment about it to a friend of mine that I had somebody that they weren't buying into it. He said, well, I want to let you know I practiced all week and I just got cast in the audition I had yesterday. Amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So she was complaining that she didn't really know if this was worth it, hadn't practiced at all, hadn't made any shifts. He worked every day like like he told me how much he had practiced, and I said, okay, easy killer. You don't need to practice that much, literally. And he was a mumbler. You know, I mean, he, was, he, was, he had a great look. He was an actor. They were both actors. Had a great look, had, had really kind of gotten down to the wire on some stuff, but he, but he wasn't getting the big stuff, and his words weren't coming out of his mouth. I gave him three points to work on. He practiced them every day. He got cast. His next audition. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll it's tell you not what. that hard. You know, it's yes. not it's it's not neurosurgery. We're not going to be involved in the basics for 12 years before you 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 see anything, you know. It it can right. really it can start shifts can start happening pretty quickly if yes. if you apply it. Yes. Now, we have uh, seven minutes left here, and uh, there's one more thing I want to get in here before I turn the floor over to you for just one minute at the very end. Uh so I want to spend about three minutes on this next thing. And this came to one of our listeners who heard that you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show, and it kind of struck a chord with me. Uh, so I'm actually going to take what they asked, and I'm going to put it in my own words because it's the best way I know how to translate it. I have been told myself uh, that the combination of the way I present myself physically in a room with my voice can be very intimidating to people. And they sometimes point this out to me in such a way where they're trying to advise me that maybe I need to change something. Meanwhile, I'm taking it as a compliment. So um, there are people, such as the person who wrote in, who are afraid that once they make these changes to their voice and they use their tonalities better, that they're going to scare people off. So what would you say to somebody who has that concern? I think that's a wonderful question, and I think that, again, first I want to, and I know we've got three minutes, so I'm going to try to, try to wrap it up here. Right. The pendulum. Stop thinking that the pendulum has to go to extremes, and I think that that's what we tend to do. Well, you know, my, my voice isn't strong enough, so I'm going to get it really strong, you know, or, or I'm weak in the body, so I'm going to come in and I'm going to point at people. Or vice versa, you know, well, like back to the, well, you go too fast, so then they go too slow. So you have to take into consideration the subtleties and the variety, and you have to play all of them. Because, yeah, if you just start playing loud, yeah, you're going to be, you know, overbearing. And if you start stressing every word, but if you mix it up, you know, some fast, some slow, some louder, give the words that need to be stressed different kind of value, you're going to be interesting. You're not going to be domineering. If you play one note and it's a stronger note, yes, I can absolutely see what, you, what you're saying. This came up actually in, I believe, a class I taught last week. I won't say the word that they used, but women are often referred to as this if they're strong in business. Oh, you mean bitches? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's your show. Yes, <laughs> I don't want to get kicked off in the last three minutes, but okay, that's a perception. Yes, absolutely. So, what is 
what happens? The pendulum swings the other way. Why can't we find a middle ground of strength and power and tone? I can say the worst thing in the world to you in a nice tone, and you didn't even know I insulted you. I can say the nicest thing in the, wor- in the world to you, and I can deliver it really punchy, and you're offended. So I think tone, along with vocal variety, shifting it up, connecting to the breath, being real, but having power in the right sense of the word, I don't think you run that risk. You know, I don't think, I think I have full command of my voice, but I don't think that people feel when I walk in the room that they're being bulldozed. I've never been told that in my life. People say I have a commanding presence. People say I know how to use my voice. I have incredible voice control. But no one has ever said, God, I can't stand that woman. She's like a, she's like a bulldog because I find the balance. The pendulum swings all the way through. And I think right. that's the key to not coming across too strong Don't let that pendulum swing all the way to the other end, and I think you'll be fine. And that goes for body and voice. They're both, you know, they're connected. You know, they really, really are. It all is connected. So that would be my suggestion on that, and I think you'll be okay. That's certainly how I've met a balance. Absolutely. So I think this is going to be a great place for us to break off here, uh, though we could keep this one going for about five hours. But unfortunately, all great things must come to an end. First of all, Tracy Goodwin of CaptivateTheRoom.com, thank you so much for being with us today. And what I'd like to do here is just turn things over for one minute. I know we have some people on the edge of their seats looking to take this to the next level. So how can they connect with you and how can you help? Well, they want to go to my website, which is CaptivateTheRoom.com, and I've got several options for people depending on budget and time and what they're really looking for. I've got a new book. Well, it's, it's my book, but it's, it's just been rewritten with some new exciting chapters. It'll be coming out this week. That's great for the readers. People who like to read books, I've got some downloadable courses. I've got great downloadable courses. I also do one-on-one sessions for people who really want to fast-track things or really want that, that personalized program developed just for them. And then here very shortly, I've got an online program launching. It's going to be all live webinars and live training with replay links. It's called Captivate the Room, and I'm super, super excited about that. I'm super excited about all my work. I love what I do, but there are lots of different options. People can just go to the website, and there's a little scheduler that pops up and shoot me an email or shoot me an email directly, Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y at CaptivateTheRoom.com, and I'd love to talk to them. I'd love to help them step into the power of their voice. Fantastic. Again, Tracy, I really appreciate you coming to join us today, and I'm going to remind all of our listeners that all guest experts who appear on the Business Creators Radio Show, including Tracy Goodwin, can be found at our website where they do carry author profiles that link to all the episodes where they appear in addition to their website and their social media so you can take the time to get to know them on your own terms. So 
here we are at the top of the hour. Again, my name is Adam Homie. I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Thank you so much for being with us. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and subscribe on iTunes at Business Creators Radio Show. Again, until next time, have a great day. 